Come and give it up. Come on, we're going to start with Daniel this afternoon. So let's give it up for Daniel. Come on, church, make some noise tonight. All right. Hello, welcome to church. You may be seated. All right, how's everybody doing? Everybody all right? That's good. Yes. Oh, thank you. Um, okay, cool. So, um, like Scott said, the word for this year comes out of 1 Corinthians, and it says that there's a wide open door for a great work here, though many oppose me. And the first thought that comes to my mind when I think of a wide open door is the Auckland Uprising. We had, was there anyone here at the Auckland Uprising? Yeah, make some noise, make some noise. Where we saw 1,139 young people show up to the Victory Convention Center and 411 of them give their hearts to Jesus. Come on, God deserves some praise for that. So the coolest thing about that is that God, God did something amazing and we have an extraordinary God that does extraordinary things. The funniest thing about that though is that though God does extraordinary things, there are aspects of my life that are extraordinary. There are aspects of my life that are supernatural. And though God fills the Victory Convention Center and he fills buses and young people, they, they step through a wide open door and hundreds of young people come to know Jesus. I counted a blessing on Saturday when I can do my laundry and hang it out in the same day. And I counted a blessing when I can get from Monday to Friday without people finding out that my socks don't match. And I don't know about you, but I don't know how many coffee cards from the same cafe you have in your wallet that only have one stamp on them. Yes, I know, relatable. <laughs> the thing about that is, is that we serve an extraordinary God, but we live extraordinary lifestyles. And there's a wide open door at the Victory Convention Center, at an uprising, on a Sunday, on a Friday at a hub night, but there are also wide open doors over the dinner table. And there are wide open doors in high schools, and there are wide open doors on campuses, and there are wide open doors when you're carpooling with your friends to work. There are, uh, let's go, okay. See, the thing about that is, is that there's a wide open door everywhere we go my question to you tonight, church, is are your eyes open wide enough to notice them? Um, I was 16, year 12. I went to Sacred Heart College. Woo! Um, and I took Te Reo Māori. Don't get excited. I can, I, I'm, I'm proficient, not fluent. I can hold a conversation, but don't get me to speak at your wedding. Does that make sense? Okay. So I had, I had this teacher aid because we didn't have a teacher. We had to learn through correspondence. So I had a teacher aid. Her name was Fire Jacks. And she um, was fluent in Te Reo Māori, but she wasn't a qualified teacher, but she was fluent, so she would teach us anyway. And as a year 12, I had been coming to church for about six months, and I got this prompting in my spirit, but I was a teenager, so we call it a feeling. Um, and so I thought, maybe if I just listened to the voice of God, maybe I could see if I could get Firejacks qualified. So I, I, ch I jumped on my Dell, um, typed in um, some TeachNZ scholarships, and I ended up writing it down on a piece of refill paper. Why I didn't print out the webpage, I don't know. But I ended up um, writing down all of these details on a piece of paper and giving it to Firejacks and saying, hey, if 
Um, if this is what you want to do, like, just take these details, do what you want with them. I'm not entirely sure. And I didn't really hear much about it for, for ages, up until this year when I ended up going to, um, to watch the Polyfest. Woo! And um, I saw Firejacks there, and we're catching up, and we're talking about life, and I just asked, hey, um, so are you, are you still teacherating? And she's like, oh, no. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? And she says, oh, actually, I'm doing my teacher's placement at Sowen College. Um, I took up the scholarship that you had given me all those years ago. And it's just crazy to think that God speaks in the smallest ways, but they have such huge implications and they have such huge outcomes. Don't hesitate and don't doubt what God can do in the small things because they do. They do turn into big things. There's a wide open door everywhere you look. Um, maybe for you today, there's a wide open door for you to go and grab coffee with that friend. Maybe today there's a wide open door for you to have a conversation in the foyer after the service. Maybe there's a wide open door for you to start that prayer group in your school or on campus or to start praying for that workmate that you've been praying to get saved. But church, I'm just going to leave you one more time that there are wide open doors everywhere we go. Are your eyes open wide enough to notice them? up here but we made it <laughs> awesome how's everyone doing good everyone give it up for daniel he's, he's holding my crutch it's great um anyways um as you know the church scripture is 1 corinthians 16 9 which i think is up there and basically it says there's a wide open door for a great work here although many oppose me and the first thing that stands out to me is that stands out to me is that God doesn't give things that you can't handle. And in relation to the scripture, basically it's saying God can't do something great if you can't handle oppos opposition. Wow. You know, it says although, everyone say although. although. Although many oppose me. God can't, you know, there's a wide open door, but you know, how are you able to step into that wide open door if you can't ha handle everything that's opposing you? And so tonight, specifically, I want to talk about the opposition of disappointment. Woo! We love that. Because um, disappointment sucks. Everyone knows it's horrible. Um, it can look like not having a permanent church building. Um, my dad, haha. <laughs> um, <laughs> it can look like um, friends backsliding, making dumb decisions. It can look like... Um, Shut doors on open opportunities that you really wanted. It can look like poor turnouts at a youth night when you're expecting for so much, but you get not that much. Uh, it looks like um, going at McDonald's, ordering fries um, in the drive-thru, and then driving like a solid five minutes, go grab your fries, and they're so cold. That's dramatic first world problems, disappointment. So um, it's bad, um, but what I found is you know, disappointment actually phys physiologically, did I say that right? Disconnects you from your expectations. Um, you know, I found in life we see a pattern that, you know, we'll have our expectations and we'll have our reality. And basically when we get disappointed, um, we drop our expectations so that our reality and our expectation are the same. But the thing is, this is not kingdom culture. This is not something that we should aspire to be like when, because, you know, disappointment sucks. 
you know, we feel, reject, we, we feel rejected, and that pain of it is so horrible. So um, what I really want to um, encourage you tonight is don't drop the marks so you feel less pain, you know? No pain, no gain. So, um, yeah, that was definitely not in my notes, but we love that. Um, yeah, God wants you to dream big. God wants us to fight, and I love um, if the team could bring up Micah 7. Um, basically, in Micah 7, the prophet Micah, the people in Israel were all sinning. They were all corrupt. Um, and verses 1 to 6, um, he was just saying what they were doing and stuff. And Micah was disappointed, disappointed in how the people were ch- like acting, how people were backsliding. And I love his response to his um, disappointment because he says, But me, I'm not giving up. I'm sticking around to see what God will do. I'm waiting for God to make things right. I'm counting on God to listen to me. Don't enemy crowd over me. I'm down, but I'm not out. I'm sitting in the dark, but God is my light. And I I love the scripture because God is saying, um, Micah is even saying in the situation of disappointment, don't give up, but stick around. You see, it says, but me, I'm not giving an giving up. I'm sticking around to see what God will do. Stick around in church. You know, in your disappointment, stick around. I'm sticking around to see what God will do in this situation. You know, stay in your e-group. E-group is a great place. You know, when I did my my knee on Wednesday, um, yeah, I'll tell you later, but um, basically my e-group were there to support me. Um, And, you know, stick around to see what God will do, because you never know. And it also says, don't give up. Um, oh, but also put a demand on God. Um, it says, uh, I'm waiting for God to make things right. I'm counting on God to listen to me. You know, there's nothing wrong with putting a demand on God. Um, it says in the Bible, ask and you shall receive. And I believe, you know, as a church, we need to put a demand on God when we're in these situations because, you know, God doesn't want that for you. God wants the best for you. And so I'm, you know, first of all, we want to stick around, but also put a demand on God because God, God wants to get you out. And also the last thing is um, in the scripture is show the enemy who's boss. You know, don't enemy crowd over me. I'm down, but I'm not out. I'm sitting in the dark, but God is my light. Um, You know, okay, so on Wednesday, um, I had a five-year, so I'm I'm still in high school, fun fact, and um, I had a five-year dream that was going to happen on Wednesday night, because nearly made it, but um, my good old knee gave way, and apparently, I'm not claiming it, but they said I did my MCL and my ACL, um, which is... Woo, we love that. Um, and I was really disappointed, but, you know, this, it brought me to the scripture, you know, I'm not giving up, I'm going to stick around. This morning, I didn't feel like, you know, my knee was stopping me, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to serve and boom, go kids ministry, you should join. Um, you know, I'm going to serve and boom, whether this leg stops me or not, I'm going to show up. Um, you know, I'm going to put a demand on God. God, I'm here, but, you know, this is not it. There's something more for me. And, you know, I'm going to show the enemies who, who's boss. You know, I thought this was going to be an obstacle. I made it up the stairs. I've not got my crutches on. This might be something so little, but enemy, don't crow over me. And I really want, um, yeah, if there's anything for you to take away is, you know, um, those three things, stick around, put a demand and fight for it. Um, you know, and the last thing I want to 
question you leave with you is what are the areas that you let your disappointment lower your expectations? Um, you know, there's a great work here, but it also comes with a price. Um, you know, Jesus died on the cross. That's a price. So we could all live happily ever after. But, you know, it all comes with a price. So, you know, I'm going to introduce my friend, Caleb, who turned 21. Our last night is here. Let's give it up for him. So, Caleb, give it up for Caleb. Um, yeah, for, like Caleb said, my name is Caleb. Um, and um, tonight I'm going to be preaching just around that verse, um, 1 Corinthians 16:9. And I'm going to speak more about the, the first part of the verse, about the door. Um, and when I think about this verse, um, I, think about, oh, I think about a picture of a door. Um, and pretty much, if you're standing on a road and you're looking into a house, um, you can see the door, and if the door is wide open, um, you can probably just see, like, the lounge or just um, the first room that's there. You can't see the whole house. Um, you can't see the rooms, you can't see the kitchen, you can't see the toilet. Um, you just see the first, the welcome man, that's it. Um, and when I thought about that picture, it's kind of like how we live our life with Christ. Um, God will give us an opportunity. God will give us a chance to um, go and do something. But I only give just a very small, <laughs> sometimes uh, we want the big picture, but it gives us something very small to start with. Um, and I really want to um, just share a story with you guys, um, story of Joseph. Um, so as you guys know, Joseph, he had a dream. Um, and that was kind of God's, um, um, God giving him an opportunity, a wide open door. Um, he sees the dream, he has a sleep. Um, and in his dream, he sees um, pretty much his brothers bowing down to him in some way. Um, and so he has two decisions. So he can, he can do two things. He can either go and he can tell his brothers what happened, or he can stick with his dream and he can be like, nah, um, I'll just keep it to myself. Um, but what I love about Joseph is he goes and he, and he tells a story. Um, and so he sits his... Um, sets himself up to go on an awesome journey. Um, and he's believing, yeah, God's got my back. God's got me. This is going to be sweet. Um, and that was, the, that was the first part of the door. That was the, the beautiful part of the house. Um, and as you know, um, journeys aren't always beautiful. Journeys aren't always sweet, and they're not always smooth. Um, and so as, as he continues, the first thing on his road to his, his new life, his new journey, um, Joseph, uh, pretty much his brothers come along, um, grab him, chuck him in a hole, um, pretty much beat him up and sell him to, as a slave. Um, and so I, I bet you when Joseph first started dreaming, I bet you when, when Joseph first thought about, you know, making a difference in the world, he, wouldn't, he didn't think that God was going um, to leave him in a hole and get sold to slaves. Um, and pretty much like one thing that I think about with this is like, you know when you get invited to like a birthday or like someone's house for a potluck dinner, um, they weren't put in the invitation, the plan. They'll just put inv invitation, the invitation. They're not going to say what's going to happen. They're not going to say, um, yeah, my baby's going to go sleep at this time. Then you guys can come. Um, and then we can do adult things. And then they're going to go here. And then we can play games. Pretty much the plan isn't in the invitation. The invitation is just come along. And that's what God's asking us. He just says, come along. Um, and we got to trust, just like when we go to like a birthday or a dinner, um, that the dinner's going to go sweet. That the food's going to be awesome, that the dessert's going to be amazing, the company's going to be good, the fellowship's going to be um, even better. Um, and that's kind of like our journey with God. We've got to um, decide that when we enter the house, when we enter through the door, through the opportunity that God gives us, um, that he's going to take us on an awesome ride, whether it be up, whether it be down, whether it be um, sold to sla as a slave, whether it be sitting in the, um, beside the king's throne. Um, we've got to make sure that we believe that God can keep us through it. Um, and just a, sh a short testimony, I remember um, in high school in year 13, 
Um, I knew that God um, kind of put a call in my life just to help people. Um, I don't really know what that looked like, but um, it was just, yeah, help people, love on people. Um, for people who can't help themselves, try help them. Um, and so I said, okay, sweet, um, I'm going to do Bible college. I think that'll be an awesome opportunity for me to prepare myself for that. Um, and pretty much, to be honest, I didn't know where my life would go after Bible college. I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, and for the past three years, I did Bible college. Um, I did an internship with Pastor Scott. He's an amazing leader. Um, and now I'm at uni doing, um, doing teaching. Um, and so I'm in the, the area of kids. I'm in the area of people. Um, but when I first started thinking about this in year 13, I, I didn't think about all the ups and downs. I didn't think that uprising will get to 1,000 people and 400 salvations. I didn't think that um, there'll be nights um, in our e-group where youth where no one would turn up or very little people would turn up. Um, where family would go through struggles, um, where um, friendships would go through struggles, but I trusted through the whole time that God was going to have my back. Um, because of that, um, you know, I was able to um, be where I am today. I was able to um, move the fog out of the way, even though it wasn't clear, even though I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, just like Joseph, he probably didn't know what was going to happen. He trusted. He trusted the process, and he got to where um, the fulfillment of his dream was. When his brothers came back to Egypt asking for food, and they realized, oh, that's my brother. That's the guy there. I'm bowing down to him, asking for food. Um, and so my encouragement to you guys to kind of wrap this up is, um, yeah, if, if the door, if the, if the plan that God has for you isn't too clear, um, if it's a bit foggy, um, you know, don't stop driving just because there's fog. Turn your lights on. That's the word of God. Um, that's the word underneath your feet to keep you walking. Um, and, and, yeah, that's my final encouragement to you guys, man. If it's not clear, just keep going. God's got your back. Sweet. Hi everyone. Uh, for those that don't know me, my name's Saffron. Um, I've been a part of Equipus Church for about six or seven years now. Um, a massive blessing this last seven years has been everything about this church speaks home to me. I've been loved, I've been challenged, I've been loved some more, I've been kicked up the butt, loved some more. And so I think first of all, before I say anything else, is if you're in this place, welcome home. This is home, and I want you to feel at home, so welcome home. Can we welcome every person in this place to our church? My favorite thing about Equipus Church is that we don't show up to be entertained. And so I'm not here to do that. I'm not here to entertain you, and well, I might tell some stories, you might laugh, but me speaking or entertaining you isn't going to change your life. One thing we value about Equipus Church is the power and the Word of God. And so all I really need to do is share a scripture and walk off, and your life will be changed. But I believe wholeheartedly that this is the only thing we need to transform our lives from the inside out. So I hope you're on the edge of your seat, not because we're here to entertain you, but we're here to go on a journey to become better people, to become closer to Jesus. So would you bow your heads, because we need Jesus, you need Jesus, I need Jesus. Father, we thank you that you're here, and we pray that you would move. Uh, Holy Spirit, would you speak to us for where we need to become more like Jesus? And more than anything, Jesus, would we encounter your presence today? Amen. Amen. Um, so we're talking about wide open doors, but I thought I'd start with a quick story. I was brought up in a household full of high achievers. Now, I have two older brothers. Both my older brothers going through high school were uh, head boys. Both my older brothers were first 15 rugby captains. Both my older brothers, when finishing school, were ducks. And so it was a big thing. My mom's an accountant, my dad's a teacher. Growing up in a household full of, like, just do it as well as you can, it was the environment I grew up in. 
And so um, in year six, I had the opportunity. I got selected to represent my school in Kaitaia. Does anyone know where that is? Anyone, anyone, anyone? Uh, cool, we have someone over there. Um, I had the opportunity to represent my school in cross country. And we got to travel two hours to Whangarei, which was a big deal, all right? Big deal. And so I remember um, just, just wearing this, like, man, this is my opportunity to represent well, my opportunity to show my family I could do this. And obviously, you can tell I have the running physique. And I had a few weeks to train up for this. So I remember just going for runs, and me and a group of friends would do this at school during lunchtime, would run around the field, and, and we bought the shoes for it. And, and I trained my whole, like, I was in the mindset. I was, I was ready to win. I was ready to represent my family, my school, and so we traveled to Whangarei, and I had everything. Like, I was set. I had the uniform, I had the, I had the cool shoes, I had everything. And so I turn up to register, and I go to the lady, I'm like, hey, miss, how you doing? Handed my permission slip, and she reads my permission slip, and she looks at me, and she goes, oh, I'm sorry, honey, you can't run. And I looked at her and went, you kidding me? <laughs> what, what do you mean I can't run? And she goes, well, it says here that you have asthma. I said to her, oh, I struggled with that when I was younger, but not anymore, you know, like, it's fine. She goes, no, no, if your parents say you have asthma, you have to bring a medical certificate to say you can run without an inhaler. And I looked at her, I said, but I have everything. I have the shoes, miss. I have the legs. I have everything. And she goes, no, no, you need that one thing. Isn't it funny how we can have everything, but if we're missing one thing, it could stop us from running our race. We, oh, but I have, I have the shoes, I have my head's in it, God, I have the experience. And I feel like this is what, church, man, I didn't think I'd be a yelly preacher. <laughs> but you know, you get in this place where people in the world, oh, I just need the good job, I need the family, I need the career, then I'll do a good thing. Or if we're Christian, oh, I need to attend every service at church, I need to go to every e-group, I need to sign up and serve at every service, and tick, and tick and tick, and tick, but maybe, what if we were missing the one thing? And what if that one thing was a personal relationship with Jesus? That we can have everything together, no, but I, you know, I serve, and I go to all the meetings, and I go to this, and that, and this, and that, and this. Imagine, if we were, the one thing we were missing was our personal time with Jesus. Our personal time with Jesus. And so tonight, I I, like, look at the scripture, there's a wide open door, and that's, that's a, it's not a maybe, there might be wide open doors. God's grace is that incredible that he looks at us in our mess, and we wake up in the morning, and there's still wide open doors there. But my question to everyone today is, how is your personal relationship with Jesus? Because the answer to that will determine whether or not the work will be great, or whether or not the work will be average, <laughs> But we're not here to chase after everything else that will distract us from the one thing we need. And that's a personal relationship with Jesus. No, oh, come on, that's a personal relationship. Oh, but Saffron, did you not see me? I was on my knees in worship. Oh, Saffron, did you see me at team night and the night before that? And I was at Create and I was worship and I was at this. If we took away all those things, if we took away all those meetings, all those programs, how is your personal relationship with Jesus. Because there are wide open doors. Our city needs us. But our city also needs you to be close to Jesus. 
So that's all I want to ask you. And I pray, I pray as you leave tonight, that that's not a one-way conversation. But that question comes up when you're talking to your friend, when you're sitting across from the table. How is your relationship with Jesus? How is your personal relationship with Jesus? Come on, church. We want to make a difference in our world. And it relies on you being so close to the Father.